All right, here we go, Soul Family. Welcome to the premiere episode of Ceremony Circle. I am shaman, author, and your host, Allison Charles. And wow, the voyage to get to this exact moment has been beyond words, potent and incredible. Uh, some of you who have uh, been a part of the community of mine for a long time know that I have a background in radio hosting and television hosting. I was actually a top-rated uh, hip-hop radio show host for many, many years. And so this idea of launching and birthing and bringing into fruition a podcast has been a really intriguing one. And many of my friends and my fiance Luke Story are some of the top podcast hosts out there all recommending throughout the years, you should do a podcast, you should do a podcast. And I just... I just really only do things when I am truly being called, called by divine, called by my soul to do them. And it just wasn't resonating for the longest time. And then finally, the call to do this came in a little clearer and then a lot clearer. And then I think um, it was within this past year that the name Ceremony Circle finally downloaded in and then I knew now is the time to to start to create this. So here we are. This is a, a really big, beautiful moment for me. It's actually even really fun to be here on the mic and recording this intro. It's it's flashing me back to my time in radio. And I'm just really looking forward to this powerful portal that we are all officially opening up together in this moment. And in my personal life, it's a really powerful new portal opening because Luke, my fiance, as I just mentioned, he and I just bought a home in Austin, Texas. We are officially now Texans. I did go to school in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. That's where I went to uh, college for five years. So I feel like I have a slight pass on sliding in a pretty bad uh, Southern accent every once in a while. But yeah, it feels really, really great. It's, uh, you know, to start a new adventure and to be here in Texas right now and and to have both of these new things, uh, new chapters in my life launching simultaneously. So without further ado, I, I just knew who I wanted to have on for the premiere episode. It was so clear. And that person is a dear friend of mine. She is a truly embodied, powerful queen. She is also an MD, uh, an anesthesiologist to be exact, and also a shaman. Her name is Marie Mbuni. And I actually don't want to say too much about this episode. I just want you to uh, create a sacred space, hopefully. Of course, if you're you know, feeling really called to listen to this episode and you happen to be driving or doing something else, I invite you to continue to listen. However, if you are able to create some sort of sacred space, be in a, in a quiet area, perhaps light a candle, waft some sustainably sourced Palo Santo around, uh, do whatever you feel called to do to really call in the divine and to really let yourself be anchored and present 
so that you can fully release and surrender into the medicines and blessings and transmissions of this episode because it will be worth it. Even if you're not able to create that sacred space, you of course will receive exactly what your soul is ready to receive at this time. But perhaps if you are doing other things while listening, you may feel called to come back and re-listen to this episode or to at least uh, immerse yourself in the ceremonial experience that will be at the end of every episode led by our guests and in the solo cast led by me. You may feel called to come back and do either or both of those things in a very sacred space. So I always highly recommend that. I will just say in this episode, it's very raw, it's very real, very transparent. Marie is a shaman from Africa, so we definitely chat about cultural appropriation versus appreciation. Uh, we get into top mindset and spiritual practices to help you step into your truth and calling how to overcome debilitating fears of judgment. And this beautiful organic theme just opened up all around support, supporting one another, being kinder, more compassionate, more honoring and reverent of where everyone is on the path, especially as the planet goes through this rite of passage. And as many of you listening, I know are also going through your own rite of passage. Perhaps you're even at that doorway where you know you need to cross over into the spiritual evolutionary zone and uh, really step into your true soul's calling. Uh, no matter what this episode is for you, there will be medicine in it for everyone. So without further ado, please open yourself up fully and enjoy the ride. First of all, thank you for joining me in this inaugural Ceremony Circle podcast opening. The first time I met you, it just felt so powerful. I felt such a connection with you. And then in our initial, you know, just brief conversations, I realized we just had so many things in common. So I, there's a lot that I want to dive into with you. But I wanted to start with welcoming you as Shaman Marie Mbuni. Thank you so much. I am so honored to be here. And it feels like a dream come true because I remember, like you said, the first time we met, we just started talking, you know, about things that we cared about as if we had had a thousand conversations. So I'm really, really happy that you are starting this powerful container where people are going to be able to go in ceremony without having to go to Peru or anything like that. And I am so honored to be, you know, the first guest. Yes. Yeah, I felt so powerful and just the way it all came together, you know, as we chatted about, of course, was just so divinely perfect. and. I prefer things to just be live, organic, flow, and that's what this is. But I also like to have some sort of framework, like mm -hmm. make sure that I cover this with her because there's only going to be <laughs> things that I can cover with you and you only. Mm. And one of them that really revealed in that way was sitting here, woman shaman and woman shaman. <sighs> 
Yeah. Just breathing into that. You know, when you say the word woman, I just think about how much we have to reclaim woman. And I think about my own journey where I had completely let go of my woman, of my feminine, in order to fit in the idea of what a professional woman looks like, what a doctor looks like, what a shaman looks like. And so I have reclaimed my woman just as you have reclaimed your woman. And so this is really appropriate mm-hmm. and timely that we sit here and and I look at the colors that we chose and I was you know noticing that they like divine feminine and royal and queenly and present mm-hmm. so and they also just have that ancient yes, feel to yes, it too yes you yes. know bringing in all the lifetimes that we have done this work absolutely and it feels like it brings all the cultures african american european australian asian like they feel like they're all interwoven in what we are wearing and i'm talking about the energy of the garments that we are wearing not where they were made right right yes yeah and gosh there's so much that just came up in you sharing that that it's like oh my gosh you have to cover these five things and that and all these spokes of the wheel because oh my gosh it's like where do I even go first first Mm -hmm. I it keeps bringing me back to the word shaman though I -hmm. don't want to skip over the fact because it feels really profound to me yeah because there aren't Mm -hmm. that many, I know there are a lot of female shamans on this planet, but there aren't that many who feel called or are here on a mission where they are using that title and that name outwardly Mm -hmm. and especially publicly. And we both have that calling Mm -hmm. and it's a very clear and distinct one. And because it is somewhat unique. I just want to see where it takes us and what comes up for you in, because for me, it has been a voyage. Mm -hmm. It was very, very clear. It was actually the first vision that I was given after my divine intervention and spiritual awakening moment. Mm -hmm. I just surrendered to healing and holding because once that veil lifted, I thought, oh my Lord, you got a lot of ground to cover, girl. Yes. And so I just committed to Great Spirit and Great Mother Earth to answer the calls and to go to whatever healing modality, practitioner, shaman, whoever I needed to go to to heal myself. And then once it started to crystallize and the ancient wisdom and my soul calling started to percolate up and turn on inside of me and I started to realize who I really am and what I'm really here to do, these visions of me being a very public figure shaman and transmitting the messages and energies that I'm here to be a conduit for and very grand, large scales Mm -hmm. through media, a lot of times to very mainstream audiences, I thought, wow, even very early on in my path, I understood the enormity of this. And I started to feel, I said, okay, okay, this is, this is going to be a ride, Mm -hmm. but I know I have everything inside of me. I am equipped for this ride. I incarnated for this ride. But the next thing that came in was the name. Mm 
rock star shaman. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. You know what I mean? Because I understand that historically, you know, shamans didn't really need to call themselves shamans. And also in different lineages, shamans have other names. They they don't use the the word shaman, whether it's matakame or Mm -hmm. whatever the case might be. And so I really understood this was going to be triggering for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But I live by the calls. And I went on a journey. I journeyed myself Jesus is my main love and light guide. I called him for it in that journey. And I said, is this of ego Mm -hmm. or is this my divine mission? And he was so emphatic. He said, this is why you are here. Yeah. It's to do this. And so I have just been on such a many, many, many year journey claiming this work and claiming Mm. this title. Yes. And so what's coming up for you in this? Oh, so much when you are sharing. And I want to acknowledge you and me for using that term shaman. Because as you said, many women don't use it publicly. And it is triggering. People have actually asked me, you should just say shamanic practitioner. And it was like, no, that's not who I am. This is a calling. No one calls themselves shaman if they're not called. Because if you actually know the work that goes into becoming that, like you you wouldn't. Even as you're just saying that, the energy just like coursing and popping out of my body. It is a massive responsibility. It's a massive responsibility and it is a journey. And for me too, as you know, I'm an MD, right? So I said no many times to this calling. And until, you know, like divine (laughs) intervention, like, no, this is why you're here. And then I embraced that. And that's why I wanted to introduce you as Shaman Marie and Booney. And I knew we're going to get to the anesthesiology and your, yeah. your medical practice. But I heard you say you still have your license, but you needed to let that anesthesiology practice go so you could fully commit to yes, this calling. Absolutely. And so the fact that we are women and we are shamans is a sign of the times because not many women are called or when they are called they haven't yet embraced that name that term that responsibility because no matter where you're at on the path you can feel in your soul what's gonna come yes (laughs) with with saying that. Yes. Yes. I have, you know, had experiences where, you know, people were triggered or they felt like they had to have a talk with me. And I had to stand in my calling and say, this is a calling. This is not a glamorous term. I've had that happen to me a lot, but I think I just assumed... I don't fully know my entire nationality and ethnicity. I've taken those tests. And from what I understand, my background primarily does come from, you know, France, Wales, Germany. One test showed up Chilean and Arabian, but Mm -hmm. it's a bit of a mystery, my background. But I guess I assumed 
that someone coming from Africa, you would not have that question brought to you? Well, because shaman is a term that, you know, has been associated to the masculine, unfortunately. However, you know, the healer part, people are okay with it, right? Oh, yeah. Being from African descent, although I have French, Hispanic, Irish, Portugal in me, but mainly African. So they know, you know, ancient cultures, ancient rites and and things like that. So I haven't had a lot of it happen, but it has happened. Mm -hmm. It has happened. And I've had to stand up and even ask, like, what do you actually know about this? Like, what gives you the authority or responsibility to question absolutely i've had people and, and i'm not turning i don't want to turn <laughs> no this no into no yeah whatever but i've had people like who have never met me and, yeah. and don't know my integrity and authenticity yes. that i do the sacredness the reverence the work that i put in yeah. for many lifetimes to do this yeah they will slide in my messages and, and try to shame me yeah out of my calling and shame me out of calling myself a shaman and mm. it's so astounding to me it is time to really stop the the virtual bullying the shaming like unless you really have a message unless you have a contribution right uh, and otherwise it's just mean spiritedness you yeah. know <laughs> and, and so yeah. yeah so anyway um I just wanted to acknowledge both of us because I know what goes into that. The amount of inner work you have to go through. Yes. So. And what are your thoughts on, I mean, clearly we understand shamanism and being a shaman is a very deep soul level calling. Mm -hmm. It's encoded in your soul. And so what I have also found fascinating throughout the years is various people who've reached out to work with me. A lot of them, I think, you know, come from European descent and I can tell, and it's also been spoken about that a lot of them also feel this call, this shamanic calling, but I can also feel, and they've expressed their fear and their nervousness about not just stepping onto the path fully, but calling themselves a shaman Yeah, and fear of cultural appropriation and things Mm -hmm. like that. So from your perspective, when it's a soul level calling, how does all of that work in your mind? Mm. You know, you use the term cultural appropriation and I'm more of, you know, unity, consciousness, oneness. You know, when things are done with reverence, with respect, with discernment, integrity, I think that at this day and age, you know, the world is really small. Yes. We all intermingled. We all entangled, like energetically in the quantum field. We all entangled. We all, everything's moving. So, you know, trying to say, oh, this is from this part of the world and it should only stay here, then we shouldn't travel. We should just, you know, stay where we are. And yes, there's the other side where, you know, some people maybe do not respect or acknowledge or give credit, you know, whatever you call it. Right. However, 
you know, and I know many people get triggered by that. Many people start big movements, you know, but I don't see it that way. What I'm inviting all of us to do is that if somebody is committing a specific act, call it that. You know, maybe you're bringing, you know, you're using plants that you don't treat ethically and you kill them, you know, you, you, then let's call it that. But saying this plant is from Brazil, so it shouldn't come to the United States and, you know, that's cultural. Well, I mean, of course, we're talking about culture. I'm just using plants because I don't want to name names right. and start wars. Right. And, but you know what I mean? Yes. So that's my view. We are all one. We are all one. And the other part of the question was about people who are maybe of European descent, who don't feel that they look like a shaman. It's like, what are they supposed to look like? Correct. You know, a poncho and what does a shaman look like? Right. right? And when you see that, it's because of the imprints and the pervasive definitions and images that are projected onto societies and that create filters. When we look at something, we have a filter about it, right? Correct. And then it's like, oh, if I tell you this is a rose, it's going to be like, wait, no. Rose. Startling, jolting, yeah, confusing. This is not what a rose should look like. So that's what it is. And that makes people feel then scared sometimes because it's shattering. It's, yeah. it's hitting up against their safe zone. Yes. Because their mind thinks it's that. And what you're saying is outside of that. Yes. And that's a lot of what my medicine is all about. Mm. And I know it's a lot of interwoven into your teachings too. It's being our full expression of our multidimensional, multi-talented selves. And I know that I was put into this physical vessel to challenge and, and help people question what, do, what does a shaman, what are they supposed to look like? That's Yeah, exactly. That's why I was talking about that because it's like, you know, we have this image. And, you know, when I first moved to America, I'm from Cameroon, Africa, you know, the... I was getting a lot of compliment. Oh my gosh, you speak English so well and you're so articulate. And at first I was like, oh yeah, people are nice. But then I started thinking, okay, I'm not that art, you know, articulate. Mm. Like, what is this? And then when I started asking people, like, why do you say that? Oh, you know, you come from Africa and it's really impressive that, you know, you were like maybe living in trees and and now you're here, you're a doctor. I mean, wow, you, you're so like, how did you do that? And I didn't get angry because it's not their fault. Right. When you look at Africa on TV, it's, you know, animals, zoos. Really rustic villages. Rustic villages or, you know, war. So, you know, when you, it's like, wait, you don't look like an African. Right. So I was being complimented or I could have been challenged also. Right. So it's the same thing when, you know, you hear the word shaman. It's like there's this image of usually maybe South American or Native American or something. Siberian. However, yeah, I was going to say that 
the word shaman is actually from you know russia it's right. not from south america correct there's so many misconceptions R right and so european descent people actually look like the first people who define the word shaman right and in my book, Power Animals, which you were a contributor for, so thank you again for that. And love that you were, as the Black Panther is my main core power animal and yours too. And the yeah. fact that you contributed for that animal was so, was so perfect. And that's really one of the foundational layers and premises of the book is that global, I wanted mm -hmm. to speak to shamans and spiritual teachers from as many different countries, ethnicities, yes. backgrounds, white black it's just this practice when entered into with reverence and respect and honor is for everyone there's no race <laughs> there <is>, correct <laughs> correct yes sex age there isn't yeah and i think you really hit the nail on the head and it's something that you know i do the absolute best i can with at all times is even though my shamanic path and the name rock star shaman tells of the way my shamanic connections primarily work and that is directly into great mother earth mm -hmm. gaia rock and directly up to star great mm -hmm. spirit yes. consciousness yes and so these are my means and modes right mm -hmm. even with that i always do my best in a myriad of ways to pay homage to First Nations and Indigenous peoples mm -hmm. because of just everything that yeah. they have gone through and the yeah. wisdom keepers and just what for thousands of years their mm -hmm. lineages have done to preserve the sacred ancient wisdoms of this planet. Yes. So even though my shamanic path doesn't adhere to any one specific mm -hmm. tradition that is of this earth, I still in tons of different ways, always want to speak out loud my respect to First Nations as well. Yeah. My shamanic path is just like yours too. Mm -hmm. It's kind of rock star. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, we were talking about stars earlier and it doesn't have any specific one, you know, tradition, right? And I think that you really make a great point about honoring the wisdom keepers because this is how oral history is preserved this is how ritual history is preserved this is how ancient mysteries and secrets are preserved by these wisdom keepers and it's a show of gratitude yes. of reverence you know the keepers of the earth the keepers of the waters the keepers sacred plant medicine yes yeah. yeah, I was curious about that. And that was on my list that I wanted to touch on with you. I was curious. We have a yes. animal friend in here visiting yes. us. But so with your African heritage, and I understand that it's not just that. Hello, mm -hmm. friend. But are there any shamanic roots from Africa that have woven their way in songs mm. or dances? Are there yes. certain traditions that weave in? Yes, absolutely. African songs, the way the songs are sang, movements, mm -hmm. beauty, color has really been interwoven in my shamanic practice. Plant medicine uh, that are specific to Africa. 
Could you, are you okay with sharing one of them? Uh, the one that people know about is Iboga. Okay. And that's the experience you had when your mother had cancer. Yes. yes. And as a teenager, yeah. you were called very loud and clear to receive the messages of. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, I'm kind of looking on the side because I'm, I'm reflecting how when you fully surrender to receiving and allowing what wants to come through, and you have integrated your path, you actually, you just become a channel and an observer. Yes. Like I'll be in ceremony and all of a sudden it's just going to be like a deep African chant that's coming through that maybe I didn't even plan on having in the ceremony. So what I want to say by that is that every experience that you go through is a part of your teaching. And when you accept those teachings, when you integrate them, they will always serve you in ways that, you know, you don't even know. Right. And so with your history of becoming a doctor, specifically an anesthesiologist, I when I knew you were a doctor, but I did not know the anesthesiology part. And I about crapped last night when I read that because I connected a strange dot around that for me not that long ago as a child for some reason. When my parents or anyone would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would say an anesthesiologist. Wow. And I, as I got older, I'm like, where did I even come up with that? Why did I say that? I was uh, being interviewed by someone else. And somehow in that conversation, I realized it was that little shaman in me. It was something about taking people into altered states of consciousness. Yes. yes. And then when I read <laughs> that that's the medical practice, the, the area that you practice, I thought, oh my gosh, you, you have to be kidding me. You know, I, I think of anesthesiology as magic or alchemy because no two anesthesiologists actually practice anesthesia the same way. And you know, taking people to different states of consciousness and guiding them. And really, the anesthesiologist is like the patient's advocate. Because when you think about it, like they're being, you know, cut open or whatever, and we keep them alive. Yes. And we speak for them. So it's like holding space wow. in medical in, terms. In the most profound of ways. And I I heard <laughs> you say, I thought this was so cool and so unique, how w- once you started to allow your spiritual and shamanic gifts to get a little less repressed, you then started to weave yes. into like journeying the patients. Absolutely. Instead of counting down, you oh, would start yeah. to journey them. Yes. You know, and... We kind of talked about it at some point. It's really when you accept yourself. As I started accepting that I am a shaman, as I started really saying yes to that calling, it just became self-evident that who I am is a shaman. How I show up is as a shaman, no matter where I am, no matter what I do. And so that allowed me to let go of the fear of judgment, of the fear of like all types of fears. Yes. 
And what I notice is that it's me accepting me being free to be me that was what actually allowed me to do that and to express that way and not receive any backlash or whatever because people feel that they can feel like your authenticity your sovereignty in who you are and and so they don't question i mean they might say why do you you know like we started the conversation but they still know that that's who you are and what you are and so yeah so i brought it into the operating room so like everything my anesthesia machine my space you know i meditated on it i had crystals and you know i had essential oils <laughs> and i just i just love oh that. yeah and 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 you know and what i started noticing is that when surgeons or people in the hospital wanted to have surgery they would ask me they would say I don't know what you do, but can you be? <laughs> You're going to need to be available on this day for yeah. me. <laughs> so although they, they didn't understand intellectually, they knew. They could feel they it. They could feel it. And they were like, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I want it. And I also love how <laughs> you said before you really started to allow yourself to embody and, and embark upon your true path. You know, you kind of she-she-poo-poo the crystal world. Oh, and... my goodness. I was that person, Alison. I was. I'm not I just, kidding. As I sit here with you, looking at you with your arc <laughs> crystal necklace and your homepage and your website with the snakes all around you and just how you are now, it can't even picture you as that. If you see me as a dog I didn't even have hair like oh. I was this idea of what a respectable or you know whatever right? right and so yeah I was whenever I saw people with crystals I would I would think like what what's wrong with them like and then what happened is as I was getting these callings, this series of callings, the crystal, the mineral kingdom, the crystal people called me. I had, there was a friend who was into crystal and I would kind of laugh at her behind, you know, like, I, I don't really know what you love about these things, but hey, you know, I, I, I'll go with you. But I just thought, you know, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And that day in the store, like a crystal spoke to me. Don't tell me it was Labradorite. It was. Stop it! Oh my God, sorry. Oh my God, sorry for those of you listening. If it, the audio got loud. And so I was, I was like, wait, did this happen? And I was actually going to go through, through, it was in a cabinet. So I stopped and I looked and it was like, I've been waiting for you. It said that. And so I called the person to open the cabinet. And when I held it, I couldn't let it go. Yes. I couldn't let it go. Yeah. Like the guy wanted to take the price sticker. You know, it's kind of sticky on the crystal. And, and I said, no, you, you can just look at it. <laughs> like it went from zero to all in. I didn't even know what was going on. It was like, what is going on? And I was having a conversation. 
I am tripping out because <laughs> one of my initial not as cataclysmic shamanic initiations uh, came through a labradorite for me. Oh, my and goodness. it's the stone of the shaman. Yes. That's what it was. And that's when I started, like they were teaching me. Like I would go and it would be like me, me, me. And I, I would pick those crystals and they would teach me. Yes. And that's how I started working with crystals. They're really, they're great helpers. You hit the nail on the head with actually why I even wanted to launch this podcast. As I was sharing with you, and for those who don't know my backstory, I came from the world of athletics initially. I was a very intense uh, distance runner from before the age of three, scholarship to run at the University of Alabama. And it was a whole thing. But after that, I transitioned. I was a radio host, hip hop morning show host, TV mm -hmm. host. Mm -hmm. And so this uh, idea of doing a podcast, you know, it just wasn't coming in. It wasn't resonating. Then it started to call. And then the name finally came in. And I thought, okay, one of the main things that I want to come from Ceremony Circle podcast is in these stories, in these sharings, in these conversations, in the ceremonies that will actually be shared on the episode, I want people to reconnect to the mm. remembrance within them that everything is our teacher, the mm. plants, the, the whispers of the winds, yes. the animals, the crystals, the feathers, that when we allow ourselves to open up and surrender in the support and teachings and empowering guidance is mm. everywhere. Yes, it is. And hence also the concept of medicine in shamanism, like everything is medicine. Yes. Right? So we can learn so much from everything. And we learn by being present. Because if you're not present, if you don't even see that something is happening, you don't hear. Because a lot of things that happen in the spiritual, energetic world are subtle. Yes. I mean, sometimes they get loud, but they get loud if you haven't listened to the subtle for a long time. But they're subtle. So you have to be present. And they can teach you sometimes they're funny sometimes they like they have personalities everything can teach you you know i love one of my greatest teacher is the ocean mm -hmm. i love going to the ocean i was there last, last night, night i saw you on the new moon and just looking at the waves, the way they go in and come out and go in and come out and go in and come out. It's like, you know, ebb and flow is such a powerful concept that we can apply in our lives. Nothing is constant or the same. Everything moves, everything changes. And the word that just keeps coming in so loud and clear with these last two things you've been talking about is trust. Mm. Trust. Yes. Trust. Yes. And in my opinion, you know, it's it's one of the reasons they call these paths, you know, the hero's journey and, mm -hmm. and things like that, because it is those most subtle of subtlest whispers. Yes. yes. And it takes such courage and bravery. You know, you. I've had to go into depths of courage that I didn't even know were 
possible to access into yeah. to walk this path and to walk the talk. Mm -hmm. And you just start to learn to trust the gentlest of whisper that grazed the one ear and you heard it say a few words but you heard it enough and then you act upon it and the key is heeding those subtle calls mm, yes heeding yes because if you ignore them long enough then they become loud and loud could come in the form of a big divine intervention yes or, yes, yes because that's what happened for me yeah. and I wanted to actually touch on that, like shaman sickness, you know, the different things that can happen because w what occurred for me is I was denying my own spiritual gifts and mm -hmm. denying the ancient mm -hmm. wisdom and power and calling encoded inside of me and distracting myself out of those truths by focusing on a previous relationship that was highly toxic, abusive, dysfunctional, mm -hmm. looking at all of his issues that I needed to rescue him from. I was not awake yet. I was still mm -hmm. in denial and all of these things, so much shadow expressing. Yeah. Uh, but it took then a very cataclysmic divine intervention moment where my awakening was one of those stories where in a split second, mm. the veil was lifted, the egoic mm -hmm. shell was obliterated, and I was changed. Mm -hmm. My life changed. So when you were still in your medical practice and, and your calling was getting louder, mm -hmm. was there a specific moment in time where you just knew like, no more playing games, I've yes. got to step into this? So one of the things I have to say is that I was listening. I just wasn't acting right. on it. I wasn't saying yes. However, what started happening is that my job at some point you know, I wasn't getting vacation. It was just getting harder and harder and harder and harder. And then one time I took a weekend off and then they still called me to go in. And that's when I was like, okay, that's it. Because I was being asked to leave the job and I was in fear. Like, I don't know how I'm going to make money, how I'm going to pay my rent, how I'm going to, you know, like that's, all that was going through instead of trusting that if i'm being asked you'll be provided to, for exactly <laughs> i forgot that part sure and so i got pushed to the point where i was threatened to be fired if i didn't come and work on a day that was supposed to be a day off and that was just like wow i'm just a cog in a wheel mm. and like, this is the first time in my life I even hear the word fired. Like, what is that as a doctor, right? But it was like, pow! it was a big blow. It was. And I think this will be helpful to the listeners because I feel that there are a lot of spiritual listeners here. Yeah. And a lot of them are probably exactly at these points that we're talking about yeah. of they know yeah. <laughs> what they need to be doing. But it does. I, I think back to when I got those visions and got a clear understanding of what I was to do. And I was I was having some real spiritual fires ripping and raging and roaring through me mm -hmm. to burn off false beliefs, limiting narratives, burn off the things. And I had so much fear come up inside of me of what do I do next? Yes. And it just required, I had to go so deep within myself. I had to humble myself. Like, oh, uh, yes, oof. yes, yes. And so I, I had to go through that too. 
and you know limiting beliefs fears lack scarcity you know you name it because whenever something that huge is happening resistance and you know safety and security number one it's like wait where you know i was actually it got to the point where i was like wow you know maybe i'm going to be one of those spiritual people that are homeless and people are going to point fingers and be like oh she used to, to you know yeah. yeah yeah like i went there i, I went there mm-hmm. i've gone there too so and when when i first quit my job and when it was like now you have to go i was like okay i really have to save money and oh my gosh i have to be careful i would literally go to the store and look around and ask what can i buy here that is not organic and it's still okay mm-hmm. like i got there so what would you say to those listening that are like help me because i of course it's up to them and and yeah. you know you you have to find these reserves and these powers inside of yourself ultimately of course but how can we support them in mm you know, creating some sort of a supportive container in whatever way we can to give them some tips or guidance or advice when they're at those places where they know the truth that's mm. so strong inside of them, but all of these thoughts are yeah. coming up. Yes. What do they do? So the first thing is always self-awareness, meaning you really need to discern if it's a limiting belief or if it is the truth. You know, know your own wounds. We all have them. Almost everybody has the wound of abandonment. And there are five core wounds that really will get you confused and paralyzed. Like the wound of separation, where it's like, I'm all alone. If anything has to happen, you know, and that when you heal that wound of separation where you don't even think that God is there for you or, you know, higher source, energy, whatever you call it, what comes from that is surrender. That's when you can surrender because you know that if you surrender, somebody's going to hold you. The higher power is going to hold you. Your soul family is going to hold you. Like you and Luke are part of my soul family. Family is not always your mother and your father and your brother. They might not even understand what you're going through. But if you open up, you might have soul family. The wound of judgment. And that wound is where, you know, we judge everything. Oh, this... Look at everybody else, you know, they're doing so much better. And, and here I am, I already thought I had it figured out. And now I have to go do this spiritual thing. And, and what are they going to think of me? I think yes. this one, we, I want to go a little bit deeper into this one because it's something mm-hmm. that I've had to face and transcend over and over within my own self. Mm. And I see it and hear it come up for a lot of, you know, my high level colleagues and things like that too, especially when we feel called to do this work publicly yeah this fear of judgment can be so crippling yes so how does one heal that particular wound is there a certain so really it is important to number one realize what are your values 
what do you really really stand for because when you remember your values then it doesn't matter what somebody thinks about you you don't take it personal like other people's opinions of you are not something you start to take personal or make it mean something about you right and you know the other thing about judgment is that you want to get out of how do i call it finding your value from other people external validation yes external validation codependency but you so that's why i talk about self awareness like when you aware that this is what's happening then you start the practice of number 1 forgiving yourself that it happened and number 2 really asking that your solar plexus this is where you have your will your self esteem that it be strengthened and one way that i do that is i use divine golden light which is a healing light and i literally feel see imagine know that there is a column of golden light coming from higher power higher source high energy god allah whatever it is for you feel this golden light coming in a column through your higher chakras above your head and going down down your body just let it come down without making it complicated and then feel this light like two balls of energy love that in your hands literally feel as if your hands are heavy and then when you feel like you have these two balls of energy bring them to your solar plexus right below your breastbone your will power and place the hands there and just feel like you beaming this energy here and healing your solar plexus so you want to imagine your solar plexus like a sun like a round sun that has like that golden energy it's actually a reservoir and you just imagine that it's healing it and bringing you power and bringing you self esteem and bringing you divine will and just touching yourself like that actually is also like a big act of self healing. Mhm. Yeah, because I think it's so important for people to to hear this. I really think there's a lot of people that are feeling relieved to have this practice to do now because as medicine people, I feel one of the things we just have to come to accept is that our medicine isn't going to taste good to everyone. Yeah. And so we do have to pretty much come to accept mm-hmm. and just understand that in doing this sacred mission and this sacred calling not everyone's gonna love what you got to share. You know the way I do the way I put that. So it's like when you go and buy ice cream 
you don't like every flavor. I mean, it's really rare. Usually it's like, I like vanilla. I like chocolate. I like mint chocolate. I like strawberry. Like there's something that you like. And it is okay to allow people to make their choice not to like what you offer. It is okay. Allow them. Doesn't mean anything about you. When you buy shoes, some people like high-heeled shoes. Some people like Birkenstock. It's okay. It's okay. Allow them to like what they like and not like what they don't like. However, don't make it mean something about you. Don't start to feel like I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, I'm doing something wrong. Why me? No, it just means it's not their thing. Because it, that's the piece you have to watch is not sliding into victim yes. mentality with this. Yes. Because then that'll hook you in too. Oh, yeah. And the thing that's really kept me strong, in fact, came up last night at the dinner table with Luke and I. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, Luke is my fiance. But... What keeps me strong, and I've done, you know, so many years of work on this, it's thankfully it's not like debilitating anymore, but you know, occasionally there's a a blip with it, but I'm right with me and I'm right with God. Mm -hmm. Mm. I'm good. Mm. Mm. If I'm right with me and I'm right with God, I'm good. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I trust myself. I know my integrity. Mm -hmm. I know my connection to great spirit and great mother. I'm good. So, yeah, and same here. And the practice is to maintain your connection. Connection to yourself and connection to a higher power, to God, to the divine. That is critical. Like, you cannot really do much if you're not connected to yourself and connected to the divine. That's how you get your guidance. That's how you have your compass. You know, and if you get lost, that's how you can be like, wait, I veered way to the right. Let me get back to the center. Let me get back to the center. If not, you're not going to know. Yes. And, you know, it reminds me of, I don't know exactly what, you know, the, the Tibetan book of the dead, the Buddhist teachings on how to live your life so that you can die a peaceful death. And I love what you were saying about if I'm right with God and I'm right with me, I'm good. Meaning you could go tomorrow and be like, I did what I had to do. That's how you want to live. Like, how are you showing up? Are you into comparison? Are you into victim? Are you totally disconnected from yourself, distracting yourself? How are you living? How are you expressing? So when you start asking those questions, then it is easy, you know, with non-judgment and neutrality. Please, everyone, no judgment of yourself or others. And that's how you can live a life where, you know, you're fully aligned. Yes. And speaking of being fully aligned, you know, what was paramount for me when I started to think about who do I want to have on the show? (laughs) It was so important to me that every guest feels completely embodied, Mm. embodiment, embodiment, embodiment. (laughs) And so that was one of, if not the first things that I picked up on you is you're integrated, you're here, you're embodied. 
And so when it comes to, because this is called Ceremony Circle Podcast and you mm-hmm. are a ceremonialist, mm-hmm. not only do you partake in ceremonies, but you facilitate and guide in a lot of different ones, including the one Luke and I had right before we started recording, which <laughs> we'll touch on before we wrap. But I would love to hear from you when it comes to facilitating ceremony, mm-hmm. holding space for ceremony. And of course, it depends on what kind of ceremony. But what are a couple of the main pillars or guidelines that you just feel are paramount to hold a proper container mm. or an integrity filled or a safe container? Mm-hmm. What are a couple of the main components that you just always have to bring in? Mm. So always have a sacred space. Create altars on altar. Have intentions intentions are like like a road map this is where i'm going if you don't have intentions you can get lost intentions for you intentions for the participants intentions for the ceremony huge always align you know i don't call it protecting the space because if you're in the protection then you know you get but completely align yourself with unconditional divine love that's the only thing you align to so that that's the vibration that you're going to transmit and then always communicate like if you have you facilitating a ceremony with other people communicate with them so that they can feel safe because when they feel safe they can relax and 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 surrender into the experience that their soul was really clamoring for exactly so and you know of course you know always clear the space like you know before we started here you had some palo santo you know clearing the space and opening up so those are a few things that are really essential yeah. And everybody can create an altar. Like I ha- I was telling you earlier that I had, you know, an altar in my operating room. Like I had my crystals and essential oils. That's an altar, right? So everybody can do that. Yeah, it can be very simple, you know, for those who have never created one. I teach about it actually in my online spirit school course because I, I to me, it's also paramount, you yes. know, create that altar space. Yeah. And it can literally be as simple as a candle that is the color that is most inspiring to you right now. And, uh, you know, the last uh, nature walk you went on, you found this cool looking pebble by the river that spoke yeah. to you and it sits there and it can literally be that. Absolutely. <laughs> that Absolutely. But it's it's a dedicated high vibration space where you say, this is the mark. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going. So so those are really essential. So sacred space, altar, intention so that you have a roadmap people can focus on that you know many people don't know how to be in ceremony or really maintain their consciousness at a certain level so they can always go back to the like why am i here oh oh i remember the intention Mm -hmm. and then they can come back to center Right. And for those um, who are curious, like are really resonating with your words and energy, what are the ceremonies you feel called to share about right now? What are the types of ceremonies that you do for people? Mm. (laughs) I just thought about the one we did. So I work with people one on one 
I work with couples and I work with groups. So one-on-one usually are soul evolution, cosmic soul evolution, energy transformation and transmutation, sexual energy, embodiment, heart. I work a lot with heart. Um, Actually, one of my programs is heart leadership. It's not going on right now, but it's like heart leadership, how to lead from the heart. Because the heart can command the brain, but the brain doesn't command the heart. And we kind of forgot that. And, and I have group programs where, you know, the ceremonies, I do moon ceremonies, new moon, full moon ceremonies. I create special space for couples to, to connect at the soul level, clear their energy, the past, past relationships blocks and really bring a whole harmonious vibrational field to the couple so that you know they can connect at a higher higher dimension which is what you did for Luke (laughs) and I and I you know definitely not going to share everything because I love to I just yeah it's it's for you it yeah but it was really really beautiful and just you know just what we needed and it just felt so good to be guided by someone (laughs) I trusted because you know like we chatted about before I'm so used to being the guide and holding the space and um creating the safe space and and I'm also very 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 particular about who I allow to work with me when I do work with someone yeah so I was very much excited about today's session and it was just so divine and beautiful oh thank you and and so i do plant medicine ceremonies individuals or privates and groups those are the types of ceremonies that i do and can i ask the plant medicine when did it start to call to you and and how so the first plant that called to me was grandmother ayahuasca and I actually, I was just like, who, me? And yeah, I actually worked with her. Like I was in ceremony where she was being, you know, people sat with her. And I sat with her without ingesting anything for two years. That's beautiful. But she was like talking to me, giving me messages and you know, she told me about the title of a book I was going to write. And I, you know, I almost said you're crazy, but I didn't because respect. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, and then um, that is what came when I was an adult. And then the Iboga, I was initiated when I was 14, but it was not to be a shaman. It was at first because my mom was sick, but then that's what happened, right? So, and then after Grandmother Ayahuasca, it's uh, psilocybin. Mm. I really love psilocybin, the little grandfathers. They're like portals. Like when I work with them, they portal into other plant medicines. Like I can call ayahuasca in a psilocybin journey. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. The portal openers, like I call them. And I love cacao because it's a heart opener. It's it's very powerful. So powerful. It is so powerful. I really love it because, you know, in America, you know, ayahuasca is not really legal. So, you know, I tend to use uh, cacao. Right. Um, and so. 
Well, people have a lot of incredible options <laughs> yes. when they uh, reach out to you, which I'll, of course, have all of your information. So speaking of ceremonies, it wouldn't be right to not uh, allow the listeners to immerse into some sort of guided ritual prayer invocation mm. that is calling to you. Is there anything that you feel open to uh, guide us through or share, even if it's just a song? or? Um. I'm thinking that since we were talking about the things that keep people down or off their paths, maybe doing a release drum journey where, you know, we release those wounds or we start the journey to release like the, you know, five core wounds of the heart. And I'm going to start, I'm not going to call the directions completely and fully i'm going to open the space with my voice like a voice transmission so this is not really like singing a song with like harmony and melody it could just be sounds because like toning so that's how i'm going to open the space and then i'm going to guide people in an embodied mini journey where we're gonna beautiful so the intention for this then is for anyone that wants to immerse into this do you recommend i know when i guide people on journeys uh if they want to take the moment now to lay down and cover their eyes yes. or light a candle so what i would recommend is actually sitting up because it's going to be dynamic Meaning, you know, I might tell you, place your hand on your forehead mm. or uh, so we're going to work on energy centers with those wounds. So light a candle. If you have an essential oil there or close by, anoint yourself. Anointing is such a powerful practice. Our sense of uh smell is one of is the most ancient you know sense and and sense are so there's sense se and and scent right nt yeah nt you know are universal so it's it's really good to anoint and it's so it brings like the touch uh smell energy because every plant that is used in essential oils has a vibration so it clears your energy field make sure you're in a safe place where you're not going to be interrupted it's not going to be long i'm excited for this one i think it's gonna really be supportive uh for all the like i mean for anyone but especially those that know they need to get out of their own way mm. and to do some healing mm. beautiful okay so yeah get comfortable <laughs> we're in for a treat let me get my drum Hey, 
Allow the beat of the drum to start to resonate in your body. You might even feel like you want to move. As I call all the directions, all the elements, our guides, guardians, allies, Benevolent light beings. I ask with the power of my intention that we heal the five core wounds of the heart. So at this time, bring your awareness into your heart center of the chest, your heart space. As you bring your awareness into your heart, bring the palms of both hands on your chest in a universal self-love mudra. Just giving yourself this time, this moment, this space to do some self-guided healing to start the journey of releasing the spaces and places where you keep yourself small where you have been told you are not enough where maybe you thought it's never going to happen to me it only happens for other people any places and spaces where you were told you do not belong here. This is not for you. Allowing the beat of the drum to correspond to the beat of your heart and the beat of the earth, the beat of your heart and the beat of the earth, the beat of your heart and the beat of the earth coming into resonance. I call the great father, the great mother, divine mother energy, divine father energy, calling higher power, higher source, God, calling the energies coming from the divine in the form of a golden light, coming down, 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 down all through your body opening you up to receive this activation this healing starting with the heart wound of separation where you feel alone in the world even with people any places where you feel separated from yourself from the divine 
This wound sits at the crown chakra. Asking now that your crown chakra be cleared of this wound so that you may have the ability to surrender to your life experience. Feeling the golden light clearing your crown. Remembering that you are connected. You are not alone. Now bringing your attention to your third eye chakra, the Ajna. between your eyebrows and here sits the wound of judgment the heart wound of judgment sits at the ashna your third eye where your vision starts to get distorted And now calling in the golden light to heal this wound of judgment so that you may let go of comparison, of seeking external validation. Really feeling this golden light between your eyebrows, you might feel pressure, you might feel heat tingling sensation with the power of my intention I ask that it be released just feel as if it's leaving your body however it wants to leave is fine moving to the next wound of the heart the wound of abandonment many of us including myself experience the wound of abandonment from childhood and this wound of abandonment sits at the root chakra where you might feel like you don't belong safety security when you have this wound you seek security outside yourself and when that happens you keep experiencing this abandonment over and over in different ways and we call the healing of this abandonment wound by calling in self-love. Self-love is what will help you heal the wound of abandonment. With the power of my intention, I ask that the root chakra be cleared of the wound of abandonment. 
starting the journey of healing. So many of us have these wounds or are not even aware that it's the experience that we're having. Feeling the golden light at the base of your spine, at your root chakra. Calling in self-love. Calling in self-love. Another wound that is a core wound is the wound of betrayal. The wound of betrayal is what breaks our trust. Trust in ourselves, trust in others, maybe trust in the divine. In your inner plane, maybe bring to mind all the times your trust was broken. All the times you didn't keep your promises to yourself and start to forgive yourself and those who betrayed you so that you can reclaim your trust. Trust is essential in your growth, in your thriving in your life. Bringing the golden light to heal this wound. And now place one hand on your heart and the other hand on your lower belly, your sacral chakra. As I call in more golden light to heal this place where you have your creativity, your powers as a creatrix, as a creator, awakening this part of you so that you remember that you have the power to create, even if we are in terms, in times of uncertainty, you can still create. You can still express. If you feel like moving your body, move your body. Dancing yourself awake. Dancing yourself awake. Healing yourself with your movements. Feeling these energy centers, your crown, your third eye, your throat chakra. The wound of the throat chakra is denial. And we heal this by reclaiming your truth your truth feel your throat opening 
like a flower opening so that you may have your divine expression. You deserve to be seen and heard. You deserve to be fully expressed. Moving your body, moving your body. Bring a small smile on your face. A smile of knowingness that you are on your journey to wholeness. Yes. Hey, 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 and now I invite you to bring your attention back to your heart with both palms on your heart. giving yourself so much love, bringing all this energy in your body, coming back in your body, in your body, coming back, coming back in the present moment with a big smile on your face, on your lips, coming back, coming back here. Aho. So one thing I want to tell the audience is that when my energy is really high, sometimes Siri starts talking out of nowhere or my computer just like stops or crashes or so this is like, I'm not surprised. We had a little... Sorry, I don't hear. Siri was wanting to get in on the journey. She wanted yeah. to make sure she didn't miss anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So good. Oh my gosh. So it's just so clarifying and renewing. Mm. So good. I felt like this is something that is really needed in times of COVID because, you know, many people have lost their sense of North. It, you know, losing jobs, losing the way, you know, they even work. Like nothing is really certain this time so that's when we get it's easy to fall to get lost to get depressed anxiety stress and and that's when these wounds that you know we might not be aware that we have can flare up you know we, we start being triggered by everything so by doing this clearing it really helps people come back into their center, bringing hope and, you know, knowing that everything is possible. There is potential. Amen. Aho to that, because, yes, that's one of the things that I felt also important to uh, support people in. COVID brought with it this gift. I'm not saying it's not a challenging gift. But the gift of being thrust into the void. Yes. And I think it's safe to say that for the majority of the population, the void is not a very familiar place to be. It's an unknown place. <laughs> and while it can feel 
scary because there are so many questions and everything can seem unknown or, you know, the ego mind, the human mind that loves to know what's next and to understand and for things to be logical, that stuff gets obliterated in the void. Absolutely. Yet, like you just said, it's also the home of infinite possibilities mm -hmm. and infinite miracles. Yes. So if we learn how to navigate these waters, mm -hmm. the voided space, if we learn how to trust ourselves more and more in the void, how to trust the universe, the source of all that is in yeah. the void, we can then start to surrender and let go into the void more. Yeah. And then be presented with the visions or the inner knowing or whatever it is that comes forward to guide us in this space, yes. to reveal the treasures in this space. Yes, absolutely. I remember when I was being called to leave my job as a doctor, I wanted to have a plan. I wanted to, you know, know what's the next step, the exact because I, I was afraid, like I shared, right? And zilch, zero. And I would do oracles, right? Try to get like a third party advice or guidance. And I would always get mystery. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the blank card. The, the shrugging of the shoulders. <laughs> and and it was I, actually mm -hmm. after a while I started laughing. Mm -hmm. Because no matter where I looked, the mystery, the void, you know, blank card, blank canvas. Like, really? Like, you guys, you, you're not going to tell me. You're putting me on this big mission and you're not going to show me the way. You're, you're not going to show me the way. And here's the message that I got. Being in the void is about taking the leap, a leap of faith. You know, without knowing the exact steps. And then I remember uh, I was sitting with grandmother Ayahuasca and for about like an, more than an hour, I think, all I was seeing was black, dark, nothing, zilch. And, and I just thought, oh, maybe the medicine is not on. But, but then I, I knew that it was on. So I asked her, I said, what is this? And all she said is, I want you to be really comfortable here. Mm. Oh, wow. And I was like, I was even a little, I was like, I don't know what this is. And when she said that, it was like, okay. So I just, I was there. Like, of course, thoughts were like, I'm not having an experience or I don't see anything. But when she said, be comfortable. So I just surrendered. And then after she was like, this is the void of creation. Because it comes from where nothing has ever been created. So there is nothing. So if you're creating something from a place of a thing that already exists, it's not a creation. You may be changing it or, you know, transforming it or copying or whatever, right? But true creation it doesn't exist yet. And infinite potentiality, infinite possibilities. And in the void, all options are available. And the void also does this beautiful thing for me of if I'm feeling a certain emotion, right, that's mm -hmm. not the most enjoyable to feel. Right. I instantaneously 
just sitting here with my eyes open, access into, I go into the void. I go into that field of infinite space and possibility. And I'm like, there's all <laughs> this room for me to feel something else right now. Yes, I'm going to go all the way out there and there. And out there is ease mm. and bliss and gratitude mm. and presence. And I'm there now. Mm. And it's like it. Yes, I now am able to. But that yes. void, that's just one of the examples Absolutely. of how it can serve you. Yeah, it is incredible. And, and I love that example that you just gave because, you know, it's like thoughts. We don't have to believe our thoughts. And if they're really, really hard to let go of, you can go in the void and just surrender them, give them up or pick another emotion. I love it choices. Yes, choices. And I will start to wrap this incredibly powerful episode by echoing what you shared. I love how this theme just organically emerged for our episode about just supporting people and crossing the thresholds, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. I think there's a lot of people at this point right now. Uh, one of the treasures that I think is emerging in this voided time for people is in their maybe unexpected loss of a job or relationship or their familiarity or known zones. It's it's requiring of people to go within and access mm -hmm. questions and things that otherwise they would not have been forced yes. to. Yes. And in those places, I have seen and heard from a lot of people that are now allowing a lot of spiritual energies, truths, questionings, awakenings to emerge within them. Mm -hmm. So, I will also share that when I was in that place of, you know, being a TV host and then having that divine intervention and spiritual awakening, healing, realizing who, who I really am, what I'm really here to do, and then having that breakdown to break through. And in that breakdown, I was on the phone with three of my friends, like, you know, slobber mm. crying and just feeling lost, so discombobulated and scared. Right. How do I begin this path that is so clearly being told and laid out for me. Where do I start? Where do I go? What's that first step? And one of my friends was like, Allison, I know when we get off this phone, you have the answer within you. You yes. know, let's, we're going to hang up and you need to sit in your misery and let that answer come up. And I got the weirdest answer. The thing that came to me was, you're supposed to call your friend Paz. And Paz is this guy who launched a vegan expo in New York City. And you're supposed to ask Paz. And it was called, I didn't, I didn't connect this dot until years later. The yeah. vegan expo was called The Seed. So I was planting Ooh, this, I'm getting chills. this whole new seed for my life at the Seed Vegan Expo. I was to call him and mm. ask for to have a space for myself at this expo, a mm -hmm. table. I said, can I have a table in your expo that's next weekend? Well, sure. What what are you going to have at your table? I don't know, but I'm supposed to be there yeah. as me as a shaman. Mm. And he said, anything you need, you have this table, you have this spot. Wow. Show up and do what you need to do. Mm. And I'm just so grateful to him to this day. I just want to give him some love and a shout out now because him just 
holding and opening that space for me to step in. Oh, because the the joke was, I said, Paz, I'm coming out. <laughs> and he was like, what? And how does that require a table at the vegan expo? And I was right. like, no, I'm coming out as a shaman. Oh, that kind of coming oh, out. Oh, that's hilarious. You know what? I use the term, I'm coming out as spiritual mm-hmm. uh, in my hospital. I said coming out. People are like, what, gay? Like, no, spiritual shaman coming out of the closet and I stood there and it was one of the most humbling experiences of my life and there were many of these initiations along the especially in the beginning of my path Mm -hmm. but I had a friend his dad had a sign business I got my headshot put on this sign you know uh, and it said next level living with Allison Charles and I had my headshot I had my crystals I had some of my rattles and I would do like mini aura and chakra readings for Mm. people but you saying that the path reveals by taking that leap of faith by Mm -hmm. stepping first universe has to see you step first yes absolutely and that was my big humbling weird step first was having a table at a vegan seed expo and uh people would come by kind of confused or mystified like how is this vegan yeah (laughs) what what are you who are you and um those that felt the call would sit in the seat at my table and Mm -hmm. i would just do my thing in front of anyone milling about and it's really when universe sees you so courageously and vulnerably stepping into the way that is your truth and then i call it divine connect the dots then they'll give you a nugget yeah (laughs) then you gotta step again and then you get the divine coincidences and divine synchronicities i call them divine because they totally like sent to you yes yeah yeah, divine connect the dots. Um, yeah, and 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 it's that co-creative relationship then starts right. to uh, develop stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until there is no delineation, there is no separation. Yeah, it is all a one whole cohesive functioning unit. Once you get the hang of it, yes, absolutely, and it's 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 incredible, and and it is a journey that is possible. I really love that this theme of supporting people really showed up organically like you said because i'm noticing that a lot of people need support guidance a place that is safe to come and so you know this ceremony circle is that place it's a ceremony and it is a circle and the circle is the oldest symbol that has ever been used for ceremonies, for sacred things, for mysticism, really like everywhere you see the circle, so ancient. So we're going back to that most ancient, powerful truth and way through this podcast. And yet here we are in in this day and age where we have microphones on and we're in this modern time where we are just simply living our shamanic callings mm-hmm. in this way in this day and age and it is it is new and it is creating some new holograms yes but we are here at a time where a new earth is birthing so it only makes sense yes that yes. we're now being able to sit and beautiful powerful and while it is very very sacred i also want it to be fun and i think we also brought that energy and you have such a joyful energy I was going to say that sacred doesn't mean not fun. It doesn't have to equate to serious. No, 
absolutely not. And, you know, for those, I don't, you know, I was born Catholic, so I kind of know a few things. I'm not practicing that anymore. But there's a story about one of the greatest teachings of Jesus. I mean, I work with, you know, Jesus Christ, but like not. As yeah. like ascended master as yes. opposed to. Yes, yes, yes. So I just wanted to clarify that. So one of his teachings was like, be like children. Ye who are like children will find the kingdom of heaven. And children are about joy, about wonder, about, you know. Yeah, curiousness. Curiosity. Ex exuberance. Yes. Effervescence. So it, it's not about being contracted and serious. Because then, you know, if you contracted, you're not expanding, right? So I love that you brought that joy. I love joy. I love to express what is true. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, we didn't talk about, but that is really common also because of these fears that we have of judgment you know, why do you call yourself a shaman? We suppress our voices, our emotions, you know, oh, maybe I shouldn't smell too much or if not, I'm not going to be taken seriously. seriously. Yes, <laughs> yes. And if and you're too silly or playful or whatever, then you're not a quote unquote real shaman. Right. Or things and like that. It's, yeah. Which is not true. Yes. You know, everybody carries a different energy or frequency that they are here to share with the world. And, you know, you know, the levels of consciousness, you know, the, the first the table that was given by David Hawkins and, you know, love, joy, gratitude, peace, like all these are different frequencies that, you know, different people carry that they come here to share. It could not only be one of seriousness. Yes. Yes. And, and I'll just circle it back and start to close our beautiful, fun and sacred mm. circle up with, yeah, you know, that the medicine path and medicine people, there's every different kind of medicine and medicine transmission. And it's about what really in your heart of hearts and in the deepest aspects of your cells and, and soul that, that you know to be true for you mm. in your communications with God, goddess, great spirit, great mother, whoever you work with. But that is partially why I wanted to bring our hummingbird friend oh, yes. down to be with us today because I know she's a, a totem that we both work with. Yes, hummingbird. Hummingbird, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. That is a perfect <laughs> note to end on. That's actually how we met in the backyard, you singing the hummingbird song. And so I love that we came to that. To, to wow. end. I think that was actually, you know, I was going to have a, a way of like sealing and closing off mm. the, the, the space and the circle when the episode mm. is uh, coming to an end. And I feel like that song yeah. was the beautiful sealing of this container. It was. So thank you, Shaman Marie Mbuni. 
Thank you so much for your generosity, for your bravery, for your commitment, for your devotion, for your willingness, for your openness, for your trust, just all the things that I know you have had to open up to relentlessly and so courageously in so many different ways for so long in order to be who you are in this moment. I see you for that. I honor you for that in the deepest of ways. And it is such a gift to have (sighs) you sharing this Ceremony Circle podcast space with me and all of the listeners. So thank you so much. Oh my goodness. My pleasure. I fully receive these blessings, these magical spells. I believe that words spoken with such intention are magic and I fully received that. I'm so honored to be here. It was a joy and a pleasure and shaman, Alison Charles, I see you. Mm. I love you. I love you too. Thank you for co-creating this really, really powerful and needed moment with me and for everyone here sharing this global ceremony circle space with us and thank you to all the listeners for joining and I'm just so glad that we now have this container to unite in so regularly so I will rattle us off into our newly illuminated pathways forward and so it is and so it is Woo! What a powerful voyage that was. It is just my greatest honor. It brings me so much joy and activates and lights up my soul to be able to sit with these incredible embodied, true spiritual masters and leaders from all over the world. I ask that you please, if you feel called, continue to support them and their work in whatever way that feels aligned for you. Please go to my website where all the show notes are listed so that you can access their direct links to their website and social media platforms and additional information about them. And remember, what makes Ceremony Circle so unique is that at the end of every single episode, as you just experienced, we immerse in a powerful ceremony, ritual, invocation, prayer, spiritual song, some sort of activation that the guest feels called to offer on that day. So listen to your intuition. If at any point moving forward, you feel called to come back and re-immerse in this guided ceremonial experience, do so. Because I guarantee every single time you experience it, you will receive a new medicine transmission, a new awareness, a new awakening aspect within your soul. It has been an honor voyaging with you. Please keep the Ceremony Circle community vibes growing and activating. Find me on Instagram at I am Allison Charles. And let me know how you enjoyed this episode. Let me know how you are creating your own sacred Ceremony Circle space. Tag those in your soul fam who are immersing in the Ceremony Circle episodes and experiences with you. And let's unite in the next episode coming out next week so we can continue to activate the consciousness energies of planet Earth and the universes.
This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.